Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense, dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where two friends get together and talk about the story behind the matches. I'm Matt. And I'm Michael. Welcome to episode 36, Survivor Series 1989. The WWF Thanksgiving Night Tradition? Oh, I'm sorry that I planted you with the worst tagline. <laughs> you did give me the worst tagline ever. Yeah. It's trying not to a, change it's things <laughs> up. And I mean, it's it was like, fun. I think I did a, the worst one I think ever. I did a pretty good job, right? I, I thought you did a great job. That was fun. I didn't have an intro to show yet. I mean, might as well. Yeah. It might as well be episode. Up. Might as well be episode thirty-six. Might as well be. Yeah. Maybe I, we'll, yeah. Tr- we'll try it again on episode seven. At one point, while we're doing this show, I might turn thirty-six. <laughs> uh, there's a good chance. <laughs> yeah. Good if chance. we if we keep going, we keep going. We keep man. going. <laughs> yeah. Survivor Series 1989 was the third annual Survivor Series produced by the WWF. Can you believe this is the third one we've watched of these? Yes, very much so. I can I can feel every second. <laughs> It was held on Thanksgiving Day, November 23rd, 1989, at the Rosemont Horizon in Rosemont, Illinois. And we've been to this building multiple times yeah. to watch a show. So it's a, a, a WWF territory, baby. Exactly. The attendance, even on Thanksgiving Day... It's a dick shitload of people, man. 15,294. It's crazy. That's a lot of people. That is a fuckload of people. I don't want to go anywhere on Thanksgiving Day, let alone a restaurant. Get Can you imagine that parking lot? <laughs> That's my old guy moment. Get and I'm not even mom. and I'm not even 36. Uh, other things that happened around Thanksgiving of 1989, Back to the Future 2 mm. would be released the day before. Are you a 1 2 Nobody's a 3 guy. No one one's a, are you No one's a 3 guy. And I find it really hard like Two and three were shot at the same time. And, like, they're kind of, like... Supposedly, if you watch, like, three right after two, it works better. But, like, I watched one and two, and I was going to watch three in the same day. And I got to three, and I was like, I'm going to do, like, something positive. Because, like, I'm just like, I got to get off this couch, because there's no way this matters. got to stop thinking about... Yeah. I think one... Loops and... Yeah. I wasn't even thinking. You didn't have to think. It's just Back to the Future. It's not that... It's not that heady. But, like... I think one... Is Back to the Future, are they the best time travel movies out there? I mean, unless you want to do, like, the, like, douche film answer, douche film bro answer, which would be a primer. But, I mean, you don't have to think about the time travel. It sets rules, no, no. and it follows those rules. I mean, it's I, it's it's a incredibly fun movie. I think that the first one is better, but I love the second one so much that... It doesn't really matter. The first one is a better film, and like I won't do the John Mulaney bit. We can all just look it up and be like, "Oh, that's funny." It's true. If your mom was Leah Thompson, would you want to fuck your mom? The answer is no, because a lot of people have moms that are mad. <laughs> just <laughs> fell fell right back because he was gonna say hell yes, but I'm sure all of us had moms that were hot to somebody at some point. Hot moms are the best. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big Leah Thompson fan for sure. 
Who isn't? I don't know. Like Howard the Duck? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the best part of that movie. Uh, I think that movie is really fun, but it's not good. It's not good. It is, <laughs> it's, it's it is really very fun. fun. Um, actually, now that we've been talking about back to the, I don't mind three, but I think it's a lot because I like westerns. I like westerns as well. It's just hard to get through when you when you like are thinking about those other ones. I kind of think I might need to watch it in a vacuum, where yeah. like I'm not. I haven't watched either of the other ones in a while, and then I just watch the third one because. Every time I'd go to watch the third one, I'd like watch the first two in a small amount of time. And it's, I even it's own It's like the... watching Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. If you don't watch it, no. I'm <laughs> well, just it's, kidding. Like, I'm it's kidding. nothing like I'm that. Kidding. Yeah. It's nothing no. like that. But no, I never there's, like, there's no such thing yeah, as the fourth Indiana maybe Jones I'll, movie. Maybe I'll watch the third one soon. Because I'm kind of in a spot where like I normally go on runs of like things that I watch, whether it's a genre or a director or um, a type of or i guess a genre would be a type of film but like i'll just drop this one in before i, mean, I go on November, my next November, you should watch thanksgiving movies right now there's only one thanksgiving movie right plane trains and automobiles oh well, yeah i watched that last year uh, i was gonna say home for the holidays which i kind of love that movie yeah, it's pretty good too i'm a big holly hunter fan i love holly hunter with my whole heart that movie's really good i think that movie is directed by jodie foster and this is a film cast with Matthew and Michael. And uh, we like movies, but we also like wrestling. And on November 23rd, 1989, Survivor Series happened. And we're going to have to talk about it. But we also have a birthday to talk about. Huramu Takahashi was born a couple weeks after this show happened. Oh, and Daryl a few years later. And I wanted to give you a chance to express your love. Well, the thing is... For New Japan. Hiromu. Oh, Hiromu, like, okay, uh, you got, you were like, I started to get back into wrestling, and you were like, oh, and it was during the, like, Kenny Okada, yeah, like, these big, huge matches that are all, have all this buzz around them. You sent me to it, and I was like, okay, like, I don't know who these guys are, but I'm just getting back in. I liked wrestling as a kid. I was interested in getting back into it, blah, blah, blah. And I started watching some of these uh, matches or whatever, and one of the first shows that I watched had a match between Hiromu and Dragon Lee, and that is the match where Hiromu broke his neck. And I was watching the match, and I was like, well, this is incredible. Such a vicious Both these guys are incredible, and uh, that looked really, really bad. Turns out he broke his neck. I have not seen very much Hiromu work. I've seen clips. I have not gone back and watched a lot of his stuff. Oh, I know wow. he's very much loved. You haven't experienced Hiromu. So I haven't. My experience of Hiromu was like I was just getting in, and now I'm like all you know, elbows, elbows and knees deep, crawling through the swamp, with my enjoyment of the product. But there is so much of this product and so much wrestling in general. It's really hard to go backwards because yeah. I have a hard time. Like if you only watch wrestling, everything starts too mean less only take in what you can take in and what you want to take in and enjoy it on your own terms like any other media like of course it is what it like yeah it's so but the thing about the difference between this and like you know basketball or football or something like that is that i don't only like one team and it goes on forever and it never stops so it's hard to work backwards and i do at times and that's kind of what this show is for me and you, because it's something that we both appreciate and we can work backwards. But like, I saw Harumu get his neck broke, and I know how 
big he was then and how much everybody loves him and I've seen all the cat dolls and I've heard all of the everybody being like we want Hromu back and Hromu's cleared but he's but he hasn't shown up yet blah 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 but uh, he just did show up but he just did show up I have not actually watched that show yet but I have the internet they told me everyone knows. they told me all about it but I have not gone back and watched like uh, the like big like junior like I imagine a bunch of super juniors matches him and Kushida had yeah it's like him and Kushida, like yeah, I was gonna say like him and Kushida is the stuff that I would imagine would be just like through their fucking roof yeah and then we just got announced that it's gonna be him and Osprey and it's like well I hope his neck is strong oh Osprey will take care of him uh, yeah I mean imagine Osprey will take care of him it, it'll but, be, it'll be a fun match I am excited because I think that he had the most uh, flair of New Japan guys. He is a character. He among, wears, yeah, he wears among like characters. He wears like a punk jacket with a bunch of patches of bands that I like and bands that I don't like as well. But it's like, oh, it's like whether he listens to it or not, he at least is a, a weirdo, and I like a, I like a good weirdo, and especially an athletic weirdo. So let's go ahead and get to the show. Long enough. Hopefully, we can get it through as quickly. Hope so. <laughs> show starts with some promos from participants from the evening, showing what they're they're saying, what they are thankful for on this Thanksgiving. Okay, what do you got? Hulk says he's thankful for his Hulkamaniacs. Brother, Million Dollar Man says he's thankful that he's rich and you're not. <laughs> Jake the Snake says he's thankful for Damien and his DDT. Uh, is DDT a drug that he took? Demolition's thankful that they don't have to fight each other. Oh, is that is that foreshadowing? Macho Man says he's the only man worthy of being the Macho King. But he's thankful for that? He's thankful for that. He's not even thankful for Sherry. You know, that's really disrespectful to sen- sens- sensational Sherry. Queen Sherry. Queen Sherry. That's disrespectful because if it was Elizabeth, he would have been thankful for Elizabeth. And wouldn't we all be? I'm thankful for and Miss Elizabeth like, 30 years sh- Sherry is not... If, if Sherry and Elizabeth are both diamonds, Elizabeth is a pricier diamond. But he should still be thankful for the person that's supporting him. Sherry's cubic zirconia. Oh, come on. Hacksaw Jim Duggan is thankful for being able to live in the good old U.S. of A. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> I have some... I wouldn't call them hot takes. I have a take about Hacksaw. Lukewarm take? Uh, yeah, lukewarm take. Dino Bravo and Canadian Earthquake are thankful that Earthquake is on his side. Does Canada even have Earthquakes? I have no clue. It's not Japan or, like, L.A. They do have moose. Meese. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes is thankful for his polka dots. <laughs> Come on. He can do better than that. He can, thankful, he can be thankful for being gifted the opportunity to support his family in this American dream. And that's what he could have said. It would have been good. Yeah, polka dots works too. No, it doesn't. I don't like it. Big Boss Man's thankful for the justice he serves. Uh, gross. It, it didn't make any uh, sense. I don't like it either. Brutus is thankful for wrestling, cutting, and strutting. Uh, it's better than some of the other ones, unfortunately. Like, some of these get really bad. Yeah. Rick Martell is thankful for his good looks. I'm more of a Santana guy. Rick Rude's thankful that he has the most ravishing body in the WWF. Can't argue. Roddy Piper's thankful that he's not Rick Rude. I don't know, man. I, <laughs> Rick Rude's got a got a pretty rockin' bod. The genius is thankful that he's the world's boringest man. I mean, <laughs> I mean, smartest. You know, 
you know how like it's one of those things where like nobody I don't think anybody really knows Macho Man because he's like a complete fucking wacko, right? Yeah. Like in real life, like does anybody actually have conversations like me and you have right now and outside of this where they're like pretty grounded, normal, but like I feel like that he is just like so insanely performative. But him bringing his no talent brother with the weirdest teeth to come in and play a character called the genius that like can talk less like my I could fart the ABCs better than he can speak a sentence. And that's and gross. the fact that he becomes the manager for Mr. Perfect, who can cut and a like, promo on his own. We'll get to it later. I'll hold it back. Continue. Mr. Perfect says he's thankful for being absolutely perfect. Perfectly. Perfectly perfect thing for him to say. The Bushwhackers are thankful that they have stuffing with their turkey tonight. Also, also understandable. It's on point. What the fuck is a turkey without it's stuffing? Bobby Heen's thankful for spending time with all the members of the Heenan family. That's kind of sweet. It was very sweet. But considering what else happens in this show, not really on point. <laughs> Ultimate Warrior finishes this up with being thankful for giving every day, but especially this day, as the Warriors give me the intensity to deliver the power on Survivor Series, and it's going to be a war. I'm going to get that tattooed on my face. <laughs> I love warrior promos. They are seriously like, they're almost like like extreme metal lyrics where it's like each like phrase is like a thought, but it's a thought in a few amount of words. I really feel like a couple episodes ago you were talking about turning promos into, uh, into songs. Oh, yeah. Literally warrior promos, like every single one you could turn his promos into songs of some sort. it's like if you take out the butts and the thes you can take each thing and like if you turn the butt or the the into like a backslash then you have like a phrase for a like death metal doom metal like vocal and i might uh do that and give it to my friend to play music with and we can just do that and be like hey dude you don't have to think about it just fit these in and we could also you know use it to an advantage at some point the logo for Survivor Series is shown, and we get narration from Vince McMahon going over the card of the show. So he literally shows each person that is participating in it's, the team it, they are on. It looks like a Super Nintendo like uh, like it select screen. <laughs> it's kind of amazing, but it's a it's a little it's a little much. But I get it. It's kind of better than like a fifteen minute promo between yeah. i don't know it's hard to choose what it is what it is it's fine gorilla monsoon and jesse ventura then welcome us to the show and we get our first match the enforcers of big boss man bad news brown the model rick martell and honky tonk man with jimmy hart and slick in their corner versus the dream team of brutus the barber beefcake tito santana the Red Rooster, and Dusty Rhodes. Baby. So the story behind this match was that Dusty had stolen Bossman's nightstick to prevent him from beating up his opponent with him. Oh, is that why he wore the cute hat? I guess so. Makes sense, yeah. And then Martell and Santana, obviously, were still feuding over their strike force breakup. Which feels like two years ago. It wasn't. It hasn't been that long, but it's, but it's been like nine still months. Still feels quite a while. 
And unfortunately, they continued to do this feud for quite a while. It was also one of those things, like, they could just have a really good singles match, because at one point, people, the crowd was hot about it. Yeah. And then they cool off on it. It's like that. When they were hot, you could have had a really good singles match. One of them could have went over and became a part of the of the bigger show if you didn't use chumps like Warrior and Hogan. But that's just me. And everybody in the match. Being um, a fan of yeah. actual wrestling. <laughs> And then everybody else in the match is just kind of thrown in there so they get a payday. You don't like that? You don't like that rooster? You ain't that rooster boy? He has no reason for being in the match. Like, no. He's just he there he to doesn't. fill out the teams. It's always kind of funny when you get some rooster response, though. So Santana and Honky Tonk Man start off the match, but Martel distracts Tito right away to allow an axe handle to the back and tosses Chico to the ropes, who leapfrogs Honky and turns to deliver multiple right hands and a scoop slam. His name is Tito. Santana reverses an Irish whip, but ducks his head, allowing himself to be kicked by Honky Tonk Man, who tags in the model. Tito is tossed to the ropes. Martel with a leapfrog turns to deliver a standing drop kick and goes for an atomic drop that is blocked and reversed by Santana into one of his own, and then goes for a small package roll-up for a two-count. All eight men jump in the ring, but the ref gets everybody back under control. Solid ref. That's a little bit. Eight men's a lot of men. Tito with an arm drag on Big Boss Man tags in Dusty, who delivers an elbow to the head, left hands, a Dusty roll to the double punch, reverses an Irish whip to send Boss Man to the turnbuckle, and another elbow to the head. (sighs) Brutus is in with a double axe handle to the arm of Big Boss Man, but a thumb to the eye and a rake at the back put the enforcers back in control. The back rake is, like, the most bitch-ass move. Because, like, yeah, dude, you scratched my back. Whatever. <laughs> like, I feel like that in a, in the moment of, like, a like physical fight, whether it's officiated or not, you have scratched my back. Like, I think my adrenaline will be running enough for that to not be that big of a deal. And I wouldn't even notice it. Honky-tonk man. Honky-tonk man. Honky-tonk man. Honky Tonk Man with a snapmare goes for a falling fist, but Beefcake moves. Uh, is Honky Tonk Man just a falling fist? He needs to fall off a cliff. <laughs> no, he's fun. Martel with a backbreaker on the barber, but Brutus fires back to make the tag to the rooster, who delivers a back body drop. Rooster tosses the model over to the turnbuckle, charges in, but Martel gets his knees up. The enforcers are working over the red rooster, and Rooster keeps getting surprise pin attempts via small packages, sunset flips, but never quite enough to get to his How is it like Rick, Rick Martell is called the model, but he's in the ring with the Red Rooster, and the Red Rooster, who's like a young, handsome man that can work, fucking doing this fucking bullshit-ass fucking shit. It's like, oh, he's obviously can work. We all see it here. It's inarguable. Vince McMahon, man. I mean, also, it's just the, the, the way that the product... Not the product, because calling it the product is lame, but, but the way that professional wrestling worked... Uh, at the time, the old guys, there were still some, you know, the old the old guys get there and we see it for a long time. Yeah. For a very long time. And especially in here where it's like, like the old guy should be putting over the younger guy. We see that done correctly later on. But for the longest time, they're like, oh, they're just holding back the younger guy because they're fucking bad people that can't give up the ghost and understand what their that the life moves on. Or maybe it's the sport that does. Politics, baby. It's fucked. It's so fucked. And that's one of the most beautiful and interesting things about 
professional this, wrestling. This bizarre, this bizarre form of entertainment that we all think we understand, but nobody really does. Honky Tonk Man and Rooster collide for a double KO with each crawling to make a tag. The two former Strike Force members are in, throwing punches at each other. Tito is tossed to the ropes, leapfrogs the model, delivers multiple drop kicks, a scoop slam, second rope elbow to the neck, tosses Martel to the turnbuckle, hits a back body drop, and goes for the figure four, but the model counters to knock Santana down. Body slam and a missed elbow by Martel leads to a schoolboy roll-up by Chico, but the model pulls on the tights to carry himself over on top for the pin. And Tito Santana is eliminated. Uh, hey, did you notice uh, the ref that was on the outside of the ring? Yeah, I saw him. Did you recognize who it was? No. Shane O'Mac. Was it Shane? It was Shane O'Mac. I know, I recognize there being, like, I think most of all of these matches are, there's a ref on the outside. It's Shane for every single one yeah. of them. Yeah, well, I guess I'll bring it up after this match ends, but I do have something to say about this Survivor Series that I appreciate, which is hard to find. At this point, we see, uh, they show a shot of a black lady in the crowd, like, cheering on Dusty Rhodes. I guess I did catch that. Foreshadowing. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess, like, maybe I'm... Yeah, maybe I took Gr- a gorilla. Pi- gorilla mentions her. Yeah, maybe I took a piss break. Who knows? This is a Survivor Series. Multiple elbows to the head, followed by a drop kick, an elbow drop for a near fall by Rhodes on Martel. Brutai is working over the model's arm before being tossed to the ropes. Martel with a leapfrog and looks to attempt a monkey flip, but Beefcake stops and stomps on Rick. The model hits a backbreaker on the rooster. Bossman hits a back elbow, puts Rooster in a bear hug, but Taylor finally fires up with a headbutt and bites Big Bossman. I love it. Bossman tags in Bad News Brown, but he doesn't want to get in the ring, so the Rooster helps him out by slingshotting him into the ring. Yeah, Rooster slingshotting Bad News in is fucking sick. Rooster then tosses Brown to the ropes, delivers multiple boots, another toss, but Bad News delivers a forearm... Slams Rooster's head on the turnbuckle, a headbutt, punches, chops. Bossman comes in to hit a held Rooster, but Taylor moves, so Brown takes the brunt of the hit. Dude, I love the Bad News Brown energy. Like, he's got this, like, big fuck you energy. And That's like all he is. I know, but I think that it could be used well, and they just fucking don't do anything oh, with it. Oh, I agree completely. Because, like... He comes in, like, because he can work better than some other guys. Like, he's way better than Big Boss Man. At this point, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, he's definitely way more fit, can do more, and he's, can, and he's like, can convey emotion much better. And the emotion he conveys is very consistent since he's shown up. I kind of like bad news. We've mentioned it since we saw him the first yeah, time. Yeah, the first we time like... we were like, yo, the ghetto blaster kind of looks like shit. And they're like, okay, we get it now. He finally got to do it well. So after Brown takes the boss man hit, he starts arguing with Big Boss Man. They start shoving each other. Honky Tonk Man, Martel jump in the ring to try and calm things. But Brown just leaves the ring to be counted out and eliminated. Fuck yeah, dude. That big fuck you energy is so good. That's how you build a heel, right? It's literally just like Survivor Series 88 did the exact same thing. Yeah, and then you should have him come back in... A match in with one of with one of those do it again. No, no, with one of those like heels that took one of the bigger heels that took issue with it, and have a match where one of them like turns whoever's the worst one. Like it could be fun. It's a good excuse to turn somebody. 
I also have this question. Yeah. What self-respecting badass black guy mm-hmm. teams up with a prison guard and a guy nicknamed Honky? How big is that check? Because that's my question. Because okay? I was like, obviously the check wasn't big enough, so he boned out. He's like, I already got paid. He took his money up front and he left. Brutus tosses but, boss. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, all pigs must die. Cop killer, body count. Bad news knows what's up. Brutus tosses Bossman to the turnbuckles, charges in, but Big Bossman delivers a big right hand to knock Beefcake down. Honky Tonk Man continues the attack with a back suplex, an eye rake, head slams to the turnbuckle, mounted punches in the corner, but the barber starts firing back, tossing Honky to the ropes, and hits the high knee for the pin. And Honky Tonk Man is eliminated. Uh-huh. Is that good? That was pretty good. Okay, cool. Martel in with a snapmare, chokes, headlock on Brutus, but Beefcake fires up with an elbow. But the model hits a knee to the gut, stomping away with punches, a backbreaker to put the barber on the apron. Multiple head slams into the turnbuckle, but Brutai hits a shoulder block and a sunset flip. Rick stays up and punches down and gets his knees on Beefcake's shoulders, grabbing the ropes for leverage, but the ref sees it. And the barber is finally able to get Martel over for the pin. And the model Rick Martel is eliminated. That's a fun little phrase. Like, what do you call the moments in, like, the extended moments in a Survivor Series match? Phrase? That's good enough. It's a good enough phrase. So only Boss Man is left for the enforcers. Boo. Boss Man attacks Brutus, who falls back to tag in the rooster. Rooster is tossed to the turnbuckle. Big Boss Man charges in for a splash, but Taylor moves, delivers some right hands, a shoulder tackle that sends Boss Man to the ropes, and Rooster charges in. But Big Boss Man catches him and hits the Boss Man slam for the pin. And the Ooh. Red Rooster is eliminated. I hate Boss Man. Do you hate Boss Man? I'm supposed to hate him at this point. It's, no, I just mean right now. Yes. Yeah, don't you just fucking hate him? The Dream Team's working on Boss Man. Beefcake tossed to the ropes, but comes back with a kick to the gut. Yeah, the gut. The, the If you turn the G into an N, it's more like what it really is. Exactly. Rhodes with chops to the neck, tossed to the ropes, comes back with a flying crossbody for the pin and the win. And Dusty Rhodes and Brutus the Barber Beefcake are the survivors. Uh, what did that Dusty crossbody look like? It looked like a dusty crossbody. But a little better, right? Yeah, maybe. It just, I just am so happy to see Dusty on better cameras give better promos and not be in charge. So post-match, Slick tosses Boss Man his nightstick, who begins to lay out the two survivors. And then Slick helps Boss Man handcuff the American Dream to the ring and continues the attack with the nightstick. Boo. Beefcake finally jumps back in the ring with his clippers and helps clear the ring. Those clippers get real violent. They just keep like pulling them it's out. They're like, scary. I need you to, yeah, you got you got my back with the clippers. And I'm like, dude, that's like a fucking knife. <laughs> this is a wrestling match. Like, that is stabbing somebody. This is different. Sean Mooney's then in the back with Bossman and Slick. And Bossman says, he's a prisoner of the state. He got what he deserved. A prisoner of the state. What did he really do? He's a prison guard. He's maybe he's flashing back to his. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? He yeah he saw Dusty and he was like, well, he sounds like a black man. <laughs> mean Gene is then in the back with Hercules, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, 
Ronnie Garvin and Bret Hart. Hart says this is gonna be the four by fours finest hour. But this is like they're all holding like two, two by, by four. fours. Yes, this yeah. is very fun, and I like this quite a bit. All four men end the promo by pointing their two by fours like guns and yelling, and yelling "Ho!" So we're headed off to our second match. The King's Court. Uh, such a fun name. Of Macho King Randy Savage, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Dino Bravo, and Canadian Earthquake. With Jimmy Hart and Queen Sherry in their corner. Versus the 4x4s of Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh. Rugged Ronnie Garvin. Boo. Brett Hitman Hart. Oh, does, does Hitman even have a, a tagline ever? He's I mean, the, there's the best the, there ever is. Best there like, yeah. But that's like, that's like too long. And excellence Yeah, excellence of execution, but yeah. And Hercules. So the story behind this match was that Savage had defeated King Hacksaw Duggan oh, sometime he, remember, after SummerSlam. You remember the 2 by 4 with the fucking hat on that's it? Right. Oh, it's so funny. So now Savage was the king of WWF. Macho King. Bravo had had a push-up contest with a fan sitting oh, on his back. He had another uh, contest. Because we're finally getting to the point after like seven years. We're not having to hear about him we're, doing yeah, this we're, weightlifting. Where um, my hero, not political hero, but my hero, Jesse Ventura, uh, stops talking about how Dino Bravo can lift 200 and 710 pounds or whatever. But when he's doing this contest... Mm-hmm. They have a fan come out of the stands and sit on their backs yeah. while they're doing push-ups. Kind of like that some fan, MD, MDM, Million Dollar Man type shit. Yeah. That fan was John from West Virginia, who turned out to be Earthquake. Oh, that's and, a big boy. And that's why Dino Bravo and Earthquake are together. And they had started up, started up as a team against Bret Hart. Garvin, Bra- Bravo and Earthquake? Yeah, Bravo and Earthquake were kind of a team kind of thing. They're Garvin, like, okay, well, we have this really big guy. Yeah. Garvin, Hercules, and Valentine all had issues back since SummerSlam. Yeah. You know, Garvin had done the announcing during the, the Hercules-Valentine that was, match. and That was fun and silly. Really it's really weird to me Garvin. that Brett and like old, old Jimmy Neidhart are... Uh... In separate matches? Yeah. Well, this is... Them looking to possibly break them up again and kind of start Brett on a singles run. Yeah. And they're kind of just seeing if it works. He gets a good pop in this match when he comes in, so. Fucking, he's goddamn fucking Brett Hardy rules. Exactly. He's the excellence yeah. of execution. Uh, you know, I love chops in wrestling. Yeah. Big nasty chop. I love it. One of the few times I've disagreed with things that Brett Hart said. I mean, he's kind of... A notorious crybaby, but he's also better than everybody else, so he has a reason to be allowed to cry, in a way. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's always said, I hate chops because I don't think they look as good as they fucking hurt. It's hard, like, I don't know what they feel like, and I do not want to feel them, because I'm sure it stings like a motherfucker. You can definitely find out if you want me to. But I, I don't know. Yeah, it's a Patreon, it. Patreon video. <laughs> yeah. But, like, but they look so good. And then, like, if Bret Hart, this, like, this badass motherfucker is talking about how, like, I don't think they're worth the, how, I think they don't look as, look good enough for the pain, then I just think about, like, all of my favorite, like, chop-offs, and I'm like, holy shit, how bad did that hurt? 
Or maybe Bret Hart was just taking taking him from like Warrior or something. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. So the four by fours come marching out, and when they clear the ring with two by fours, and they get into the ring with their two by fours, yeah. and they're they're literally like marching, like yeah, in a circle, yeah, yeah. It's definitely like it's definitely Duggan's party, exactly. Like Bret Hart, we named him right before Hercules because that's kind of where he is in this pecking order. Well, they do a goofy dance where they even like. Toss two oh, by yeah, fours. They toss the yeah, two by fours they like they like cross other. two by fours. Like they're like a you know like a middle school like clubhouse Didn't or whatever. Drop one of them. Yeah, yeah. I think I know what it is. I think Brett or it's not somebody tosses theirs to Duggan because they like they each like toss each other's uh, two by fours to each other because there's four of them across. And uh, Duggan's the one guy that doesn't catch one. So then when they finish to do their like little dance or whatever, Duggan doesn't have the two-by-four, but he still does, oh, and it's really, really funny. Match starts, and Duggan chases Macho to the outside, delivers a big right hand before tossing him back into the ring, where Hercules takes over the attack with a clothesline and a press slam. Valentine is tossed to the ropes by Hercules, ducks a clothesline, misses a clothesline, and is given an atomic drop. Uh, is, is, well, man, it's hard to say. But is the second half of 1989, I guess you couldn't call it the year, but the time of the A-drop? I mean, they've been doing Atomic Drops for, for the last a while. Few years. Well, I feel like they're spammed out in these last couple of shows. Uh, definitely. A-drops, inverted A-drops. It's so it got, it, there were so many. I don't know which one was inverted anymore. <laughs> the 4x4s with quick tags to work over the hammer, including Duggan ramming his head into multiple turnbuckles. A sleeper by Garvin, but Valentine makes it to his corner for a tag. Bravo with an inverted atomic drop on Rugged Ronnie goes for a jumping elbow drop, but misses. Hercules in with left jabs, right hand to the gut, multiple clotheslines, head slams to the turnbuckle, before a reversed Irish whip by Dino into a turnbuckle to knock Hercules down. An earthquake is in, hits the earthquake splash for the pin. And Hercules is eliminated. Poor Hercules, right? I mean, I'm not a big Hercules guy. Not either. He, but, he, but he just continuously just falls down, down the, the card. card. Yeah, and it's like he kind of got, but he got kind of a like introduced like early WrestleManias. Yeah, and he like just kind of like meandered, but like he still kind of gets pops. Maybe he can't do a promo. It's just it's really weird. And then like to get it from Earthquake, which you. Told me off mic some stuff about Earthquake that really uh, made me feel more strongly about him, especially considering uh, what he did. But the the Hercules thing, I was just like, oh, he's going to get pinned by Earthquake? Because Earthquake doesn't look like Hercules. But he does look better than Akeem, and he looks better than... He does look better and he, than And Akeem. he looks better than, obviously, uh, like, um, Big Boss Man. Boss Man's a little bit more spelt. Yeah, but like this guy is more powerful. I agree. I mean, with you that. just you told me that he won three sumo tournaments in a row, which is a very difficult thing to do. Then quit because he was like, "This is too difficult to do." Which, like, I dabble in sumo, and that's pretty incredible that he won three in a row with no losses, then dropped a tournament, and then decided this isn't for me. That shows a lot of foresight. And I think that it's one of those things where it's like, if he knew that that was too hard, 
maybe he could push himself in wrestling because it's not the same deal. Yeah. But poor Hercules. In a weird way, poor Hercules, right? Go back to the Pantheon, bro. Duggan's trying to knock Earthquake down with shoulder blocks, but it's not working until the hitman gets behind him to trip him up. I love that spot. It's the little kid trip spot. Yeah, it's fun. It's like the hitman goes on all fours and he pushes him over it. And it's very funny, especially to see Bret Hart be the little kid. Garvin with hands of stone for a near fall, but Earthquake throws him off and the King's Court begins to work over Rugged Ronnie. Valentine with multiple elbow drops, a headbutt to the gut, attempts a figure four, but Garvin kicks him off with, into the turnbuckle and follows with a small package. Is the headbutt to the gut, like, kind of the worst? It does look pretty bad. I think I've seen some headbutts to the back, which is tw- fucking a million times more dumb. I mean, unless it's someone that has to a power move, you want to work on the small of the back. With your fucking face? <laughs> Come on, man. Eh, why not? Ronnie tries for a tag, but the hammer is able to regain control, holding him for a top rope double axe handle from the king. Bravo attempts a neck breaker, but Garvin reverses for a backslide pin attempt, but the king's court recovers with slamming rugged Ronnie's head into a boot. Garvin's firing back, makes the blind tag to Hacksaw as being Irish whipped, reverses it, and misses a clothesline on Valentine, but Duggan doesn't for the pin. And Greg the Hammer Valentine is eliminated. Where, Dean, does that, where does the hammer go from here? Probably to a tag team with Honky Tonk Man. So weird. A guy that's all charisma and then another guy that's like all old school. I think Valentine has like one more big time singles match. And then then he's pushed into the tag. It's kind of weird division. like how everybody like... Greg the Hammer Valentine pops in my mind before, like, Hercules. Oh, of course. Or even before, like, Honky Valentine Tonk. Valentine has had so many more or, or even better be- matches. Or even between, before, like, Honky Tonk or, like, some guys that are, like, bigger personalities. But there's some something about Greg that he's kind of like the, like, singles Arn Anderson in a way. Where it's yeah, like, oh, like, but he's more memorable than Arn for a lot of people. Because maybe it's know, the hammer I part. Know, I don't know very many people that would think that. No, but like, Arn has a, a longer legacy. Literally, you just raise four fingers and everyone thinks Arn. Yeah, but not... I think I think more people think four horsemen, and I don't think they all think Arn first. Arn is a quintessential horseman. Yeah, totally. Without Arn, there is no horseman. I agree completely. I mean, Flair and Arn are the two people that you think of. When I think of horsemen, yeah. When you think of horsemen. Yeah. I mean, and then there's multiple others that you might think of, but those two have to be in the group. It's like, for what, the group then, to like, what is it? Is it Magnum and Tully? I would say probably the most memorable is uh, Wyndham, Tully, Arn, and Rick. Magnum was in there for a second. No, 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 no Magnum. I'm, I'm conflating. I mean, unless you only watch, like, late 90s, and then you got Mongo, Steve Mongo McMichael and Larry no, Zabisco. No, no, and... no that's not, that, no. Those guys were. That's that. That's just. That's just. That's just trying to keep the horseman name alive. Yeah, that's just like trying to like get people in. It's like it's kind of like NWO. It's like oh, there's this thing, and they're like, we'll just keep adding and adding and adding. Well, it doesn't mean anything anymore. It doesn't matter anymore. Dino's right in with a forearm to the back, elbows to the back of the neck, chokes. Macho with a rubber band slam, earthquake with clubbing forearms to the back, a body slam, but misses an elbow drop on hacksaw. 
Rugged Ronnie with right hands, a headbutt, the Garvin stomp on Bravo. Dude, the Garvin stomp? How do you feel about the Garvin it's stomp? It's still dumb. You think it's dumb? I think it's dumb. I think it's. I think in a match like this, it's kind of dumb. But I think in a singles match, in a the only time we've ever seen it in a singles match was in that match with Ric Flair, and I thought it was dumb. Could, then too. But could you imagine like Suzuki doing that after like a beatdown in the middle of the ring on somebody, and it, it would be fucking sick. It's all about making it work right, right? But can you see Suzuki doing that to fucking like two? He probably does do it, but it, they don't fucking call it the Garvin Stomp. Yeah, but I'm just saying I think that it's kind of fun that's all not appropriate here but appropriate in an earlier nwa type of singles match with a feud or a moment like where somebody's actually beaten down and it's like more of a like, I feel like the move just takes way too long to it's, it's dumb so this is like on the on the skull end scale above or below skull end i'll take a skull end Okay, I think this and is kind of I know you hate the fun. skull end. I mean, we all hate the skull end. I think it could be a good move. I just don't think that they... It, they it's not, yeah, it's not sold well. Yeah. Or it's not, it's not, it's performed in a, like, long form when it should be a short form. If he did it and went straight into a swing, ugh, it'd be disgusting. I don't even like the swing. Really? No. I think the swing is, is gnarly. I don't like the swing. But what if... Like, even Cesar- like the Cesaro swing... It's like, fun. It's fun, but I don't find it to be a an efficient move. Yeah, but I think that the skull and swing is like, oh, the neck like that... It's not something hard. I see and I go, Ow. if I was a wrestler, I would want to do that move. Oh, well, no. No. But we're not... We don't... We all, we're all different, man. I do think that, though, sometimes. I'm watching matches yeah. and I'm like... I would I would do that move if I was a wrestler. Oh no, like I have a I have a skill set that's like I've never written down or actually thought I'm about st- too I hard. Still lots of stuff with flair. That I've taught too hard, but yeah, it's like all the stuff that I would do would be stuff that I think that I could pull off if I like condition myself to. So there's like no hurricane ranas in there. I'm not an athletic dude. No. So it's like I I I look at stuff in this as much like, as I'd love to do a Frankensteiner. It's not happening. It's not happening. So it's like, that's not in your thing. It's like, for me, it would be kind of a, like, Ishii flair mix where it's kind of basically just me looking like uh, Tommy Rich. <laughs> where it's like, I want to be badass, but I just can't you can do, do it, some man. arm drags and arm locks? Oh, I would... Uh, bore the hell out of us? Yeah, well, I mean, I would rather do the strong stuff and take the stuff. But I'm just saying, like, I would want to do strong, strong style. Anyway... Let's Ron, move on. This shows, this show's hard to get through without going on tangents. Ronnie then goes for a sharpshooter, but Dino rakes the eyes. Savage is tagged in, Hart is tagged in, and the crowd wants to see it. Why who doesn't? Know? Yeah, who doesn't? Who fucking but doesn't? Macho is backing up. Yeah. The King finally goes to slam Hitman's head into the turnbuckle, but Brett blocks and reverses, follows with an inverted atomic drop. Hart backs Bravo into the corner, hits a snapmare, and a second rope elbow drop. But Dino reverses a Garvin Irish whip and hits a side slam for the pin. And rugged Ronnie Garvin is eliminated. It's like, yeah. Oh, I got my, my Garvin's mixed up. Jimmy's the fun one. Yes. Ronnie is the lame one. He had the bleached hair. He had the fun spot where he was like kind of a fake ref. But are, there, are they actually brothers? Hot I take. should know this. Hot take. Are you ready? Uh-huh. The most fun that I've ever had with Ronnie Garvin 
is when he dressed up as Miss Atlanta Lively. Ooh, that was a while ago. That, and that th- match was horrible. horrible. That throws me back, man. Like, I feel like... Throws me back 30 weeks, man. Dude, I know, but it feels like a while ago. We, were, we have done a lot of these shows. We have. Hacksaw with right hands on Earthquake, mounted punches, head slams into Hitman's boot, a double-team clothesline, Macho King's in, gets caught by Duggan on the ropes, and Hart with a headbutt to the small of the back. Are you still mad about it when Bret Hart does it? What? The headbutt to the small of the back. Yeah, it sucks. Bret Hart, you're better than that. You need them brains. A knee to the gut. Savage gets caught up in the ropes. Hacksaw with chokes, elbows to the head while the ref is distracted. Savage hits an eye rake, a snapmare, goes for a jumping knee drop, but Brett moves and follows with a backbreaker and a small package for multiple two counts. Macho reverses an Irish whip, charges in, but gets hit with a boot from Hart, but moves on a second rope elbow drop. Bravo with a body slam, jumping elbow drop, puts the bear hug on Hitman. I know Bravo. Those are my bear hug guys. Did you see that? I know Bravo is the world's strongest man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw the big quotes. They go, That's right. But Bravo is shorter than Hitman, and so I, I hate, hate it. a bear hug. Right like, now. it's if you just got to be taller than him. You got to be taller than him. Yeah. That's the only criteria. Earthquake then with a double chokehold, a running elbow drop, some stomps, and the this king, is the double chokehold, like the two arms yeah, up? Yeah, he's holding him up oh, with okay. two arms around the yeah, neck. Yeah, because when we say double chokehold, I'm like, ah, oh, it's hard because it's like when you're holding them up like with two arms in the yeah. air, like it's a much bigger, it looks worse. And wrestling's all about, all about the cell. And the king's court is making Brett their jester. Oh, Matthew, Just, that hurt when to hear. Jesse asks Gorilla if Hacksaw would take a count out if it were three-on-one, and Gorilla says that Duggan doesn't know the meaning of quit. But Jesse responds with, he doesn't know the meaning of much. And thank you, Jesse. Fuck you, Duggan. I love you, Gorilla. Dino is holding Hart on the apron when Savage goes for a high knee, but Brett moves for Bravo to take the shot. and hit, But Hitman escapes to make the hot, hot tag. tag. Duggan in with multiple clotheslines, body slam, but misses an elbow drop, so he tags Hart back in, who has worked over again. That's the quickest hot tag, right? the court. (laughs) I know, it was like, like, this is a hot tag, all right. And then it was just like, like, oh. oh. But that's kind of smart, though, right? Yeah. Because you're used to, like, him clearing the ring, it's like, oh, no, like, it shows vulnerability, and it's also, like, gives, lets Hart go in there and, you know, it's like, oh, he just needed a second. I almost feel like maybe he shouldn't have made the tag right there. No, probably not. Hitman reverses a Bravo Irish whip, charges in, but Dino proves, and Brett goes flying into the ring post shoulder first. (sighs) Posted! Bravo hits a shoulder breaker, tags in Macho for the savage elbow for the pin, and Brett, the Hitman heart, is eliminated. So we have... This Hitman, like, rise to prominence is so slow. So slow. It's so slow. But it's going to be so worth it. It's going to be so worth it, but it's so slow. And I know that Sean's is faster. But that's because he showed up later. And he's also, like, just as good. And, like, the big guys are further out. You know what I mean? The big guys are, like, towards their, like, their end. We're coming to the end of the 
oversized big man being champion, kind of. Ish. Ish. We'll get a Sid. We'll get a Yokozuna. Uh, but Yoko... But Yoko's charming. He doesn't say a word. How is he charming? Just because, I don't know. Just because, like, it's it's different. He's big, he's Japanese. I don't know. It's just kind of, it's fun. He's got a good name. It's a name, like, even as a kid that, like, wasn't watching wrestling, people said Yokozuna, and I knew it was a big, fat guy that, like, wrestled. So we have Hacksaw versus Savage, Earthquake, and Dino Bravo left. Earthquake with knees to the gut in the corner, charges in for a splash, but Hacksaw moves. Macho comes off the ropes with an axe handle, but Duggan hits him in the gut. Bravo's in to receive a back body drop. Clothesline to Savage. Tosses Dino and the King into Earthquake to clear the ring. Duggan is able to duck a double-team clothesline to deliver a double clothesline of his own on Bravo and Macho. But mm. then Earthquake comes in to hit Hacksaw from behind with a clothesline of his own. Yeah, the clothesline from behind is always pretty brutal because they like fall forward. It's like, ugh, like getting hit in the back of the head like that would suck. Earthquake with a body slam, a running elbow drop. The King's Courts all working together. Savage with a top rope da- double axe handle goes for a leaping body guillotine, but Duggan moves and Randy is tangled up in the ropes. Oh, it's not the Randy Tangle spot, is it? <laughs> it is the Randy, it's tangle. the Randy Tangle spot. Hacksaw with an atomic drop on the King. Dino comes in to distract the ref, but Duggan goes to come off the ropes. But Sherry grabs the ropes and Hacksaw falls over them to the floor. Earthquake comes off the apron with a double axe handle, and Duggan never makes it back into the ring for a countout. I was kind of surprised with a little bit of uh, Earthquake's athletic ability. I mean, he did sumo. Yeah, I mean, he's somewhat athletic. Oh, no, you have to be extremely, like, yeah, because you have to live it. You can't just do it, you have to actually live it. Yeah. Like train every day and live it. You can't do drugs. You can't be driving from town to town. You have to actually live and perform it forever. So Randy Savage, Dino Bravo, and Earthquake are our survivors. Post-match, Hacksaw jumps back in the ring with his 2x4, smashes it over Bravo and Macho's back That's to fun. clear the ring. And so I have a fun note here for us. Well, mm-hmm. Once again. Some of these notes are not always fun. I mean, I like I, them. I always say fun, but... I... Yeah, it's fun. Like, I watch the shows and I take notes, but I try to keep this stuff away because, like, you'll bring it to me and we'll get reactions. It's more fun that way. So Earthquake uh-huh. was originally not supposed to be in this match. He replaced the Widowmaker. Who is the Widowmaker? Because we have not seen the Widowmaker. I'm I thought we were talking you... about Akeem. I know there's, like, some Akeem. I'm glad you asked who the Widowmaker was. It was Barry Windham. We were just talking really? about Barry Windham. He had left... Like the, 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 the original Nature Boy? No, like the horseman, Barry yeah. Windham. Oh, okay. No, I'm thinking of uh, somebody else. Sorry. He, but he looks like... <laughs> he had left... No, he looks like a big cowboy. Fuck, who am I thinking of? I don't know. Uh, you're thinking of Buddy Lan- uh, Lantrell? Buddy something? I can't remember. Buddy Rogers. Uh, well, Buddy Rogers, the original Nature Boy. Yeah, that's... yeah. Buddy Lantrell. I think that was his name. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. He's not the Widowmaker. No. Widowmaker's Barry Windham. Yes. Who was the cowboy, like, broke his uh, hand bleeding. I know fucking Barry Windham. Okay. Last time we had saw him was in that loss to Lex Luger at Chi-Town Rumble. Yeah. For the WCW NWA. We saw him in, like, early NWA, and then he kind of, like, 
kind of went away and Maybe. showed back up. Yeah. Well, his first appearance that we saw him was in WWF at WrestleMania One. Oh, was that the first one? That was the first time we saw him. Him and Rotunda were a tag team in the WWF. But he was he was and their song for their tag team mm-hmm. was Real American. Oh shit! Okay. And then they left the WWF and it became Hogan's song. It's all a big circle. It really is. But what it comes down to, what we really realize while we're doing this show is that we can't wait. Take this with the world's biggest grain of salt. But I'm grain of salt. It's, a, it's like take this take this with a salt lamp of salt. But Matt and I kinda can't wait to piss on Hogan's grave. Kinda can't wait. There might be a few drops come out at <laughs> the, the end of this episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I might be holding my piss in so much that it comes out of my eyes. At least WWF, WWF Hogan, because WCW Hogan is a different animal. But we're we're, yeah, we're talking about this like we get it and we know how important it is. But like going back and watching it, it's just so hard to watch it hold down fucking things that can happen for so long, for a decade. So. But back to Window, Widowmaker. Yeah, sorry. He was supposed to be in this match. Mm-hmm. But why was why Widowmaker? Barry Windham the Widowmaker, or it was just Widowmaker? It was just a Widowmaker. He was basically just still doing his cowboy gimmick that he'd yeah. been doing in yeah. WCW, mm-hmm. but they just called him the Widowmaker. Yeah, so it's they a, probably came in with like some boots. Fucking but... badass cowboy name. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. He had to leave the company. Well, he didn't have to. He left the company due to his family's involvement with a counterfeiting scandal. He was never indicted in the scandal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But his brother, Kendall Wyndham. Yeah. And his father, Blackjack Mulligan. We know who that is. We know both of those guys. <laughs> Kendall, I'm not so familiar with. Both served time as the authorities found close to $500,000 in phony $20 bills. Ugh, I can't wait for that season of, oh, what was that? Uh, the, the really Dark good... Side of the Ring. Oh, Dark Side of the Ring. So we go to the Mac Mean Jeans there. He's trying to find out how Dusty's doing from the doctors. Oh, this is hilarious. I thought I was going to get a Dusty promo, Matt. What did I get? Uh, you got Mean Gene going, uh, let me know how he's doing. He and opens the door and he's like, how you doing? And then he closes the door and he's like, we'll get back to this. And then we go to everyone's favorite part of the show. Is it? A genius Thanksgiving poem. Do you have any of this? I couldn't even fucking listen to it. On to the third match. Okay, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I don't want to do this, but I have to do this. You've got Dusty Rhodes in this building, and you've got, and like, and Genius has, there is no, his poem is nothing. He doesn't say anything. It makes absolutely no sense, and it's performed poorly. Somebody could have wrote him something that at least sounded like half-ass decent. This is pure dog shit. It is horrible. You don't even have any pull quotes because it's so bad. I, as soon as he started, I was just, I tuned out because I really? just don't care. I tried. I tried. I don't care. I tried. Because it's fucking Lanny Poffo and I don't care. Like, I love you, Lanny. I love your, uh, uh, I love your brother. Uh, I love your ex-dead sister-in-law. I love your whole family. I love, I love you as long as you didn't fucking, as long as you didn't kill anybody, as long as you didn't fucking, like, you know, go out of your way to hurt anybody, but you are a lucky man and a verbose crazy man to do something this poorly on television agreed if i felt this on if i thought that i was going to perform this poorly on television i would not do it i'd like to think that i would have that kind of self-awareness anyway 
sorry for bringing it up, but I just thought maybe you had something. I just had to. I wanted to move on as yeah. quickly as possible. Sorry, I apologize. Continue. So we're headed off to our third match: the Million Dollar Team of Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, the Powers of Pain of Barbarian and Warlord. Oh, the pop, the pop boys, the pop boys, and Zeus with Virgil and Mr. Fuji in their corner. Zeus is just Zeus, right? It's just Zeus. Yeah. The Z-Man. No, not the Z-Man, because the Z-Man's Tom Zink and WCW. (laughs) Completely different guy. Versus the Hulkamaniacs of Jake the Snake Roberts. Demolition of Axe and Smash and some asshole named Hulk Hogan. Yeah, Uh, honestly, Hogan, Demolition, and Snake is kind of a fun team. It is. Kind of a fun team. Okay, sure. Well, I mean, I'm just saying before we move on, it's kind of a fun concept. You got your fucking two brawlers that have like decent ring awareness. You have your fucking big douchebag star, and you have one of the smartest mans that couldn't stop doing drugs. I mean, it's basically the same same way on the other team too. Brawling tag team. Yeah, but like, but they all but yeah, but they can't wrestle. But they have Zeus instead of wrestler. But they have Zeus instead of Snake. No, they have Zeus instead of Hogan. <laughs> oh, that's true. But, like, Hogan's smarter than Snake. I mean, than Zeus, sorry. The story behind this match was that, obviously, Zeus and Hogan still feuding. Roberts and DiBiase had finally started their feud back up after yeah. Roberts has come back from injury. I mean, should we talk about this now or later? We'll talk about it later. Okay. And Demolition and Powers of Pain were two brawling well, didn't teams, Well, didn't basically. they do the, like, they did the... Uh, the double turn recently, right? That was at Survivor Series the previous year. It's yeah, been an entire been year. Well, like, I mean, like, yeah, like demo was hot, and they went and they went face, and they're still face. Yeah, but they should be face because they're fucking weird, sexy, fucking not. They're not sexy at all, but beefy. Like, what? What is the appeal here? Really good theme song. Makeup? Liking Kiss? Yeah, I yeah. I mean, I like Kiss too. I don't know. The Leather Daddy thing is weird to me, but I was like, I'm also like, yeah, Kiss is cool. So I was like, what do I know? So as the Hulkamaniacs try to get in the ring, the Million Dollar Team is kicking at the ropes and throwing forearms to keep them out. So Roberts grabs Damien, Dude, throws him into I the love ring. This. He immediately Damien's them. To clear the ring, allowing the Hulkamaniacs to enter. And while he like does that, he pick he gets in the back end, he gets in the ring while they all leave, and he's holding Damien and he's just slapping. <laughs> he's up. like slapping the head of Damien. Yeah. I'm just like, well, no, is he, that he good went, for him? He went through so many snakes. Like if you ever watch any Jake the Snake stuff, he went through a lot of snakes. But the there's the you know the famous. I don't think we watched it, but you've seen it. The Macho Man where he like bites. Macho Man does the Macho Man rope. Thing, and Jake pulls out Damien, and it actually bites his arm. You've never seen this? No, I've never seen this. Oh, we'll have to watch this before you leave tonight. It's amazing, but they like talk up the spot and like uh, beforehand, and Jake's like, "Hey, like," and so you know, Macho Man is the paranoid guy we all know him to be. Goes to Jake, and he's like, "Hey, like this, the snake doesn't have any poison," and he's like, "Oh, dude, it's like a fucking python or whatever. You think I'm carrying around like maybe it's a snake that never has any poison, or maybe." He just, I can't remember exactly if it's a snake that never has poison or if it's one where he's like, dude, I wouldn't be fucking walk, I wouldn't be flying in a plane with this fucking snake if it was poisonous, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, fucking, I don't believe you because he's macho man, he's crazy. So he's like, make sure it bites you. And he's like, for real? And 
he's like and obviously macho's very serious so like jake makes fucking gets bit by the snake and then macho like sees it and is like okay we can do this spot now so jake is annoyed and pissed and probably been using drugs afterwards when they go to do this spot on television or whatever when he pulls the snake out off camera he is just what he calls paintbrushing it and he's just slapping the shit out of the snake because he's angry that macho man you know like not in a like hey fuck he you way but he's like yeah but no just the fact that he didn't like trust him and then he had to fucking deal with it or whatever and it was macho's idea about getting pit in the first place it wasn't snake's idea and like yeah, so he just like talking about paintbrushing this snake and watching. I've heard that story before. So watching this match, he's just, like tapping this snake on the head. And what I can tell from hearing that story before is that he's trying to get the snake to open its mouth and look yeah. like a scary snake. So he just keeps tapping it on the head. But like before this spot where he made him bite Macho's forearm, he's just supposedly off camera, just like smacking the shit out of it. But that that uh, we'll watch that that clip later and you will be like this is hard to watch Seriously. it's fucking but he's legit biting onto it so everybody's finally back in the ring and zeus wants hogan to start and he gets his wish they're yelling at each other a shoving match starts but zeus gets the better end of it hulk's throwing right hands clotheslines, lines high knees nothing is working until hogan does an eye rake allowing him to body slam zeus Zeus is right back up, no selling it. Did you think you would ever be rooting for? I mean, I love Movie Friday. I think Tiny Lester is great. Not saying that I was rooting for Zeus. I was just happy to see Hogan not get his shit in. Oh, he gets his shit in though. He will, but not on Zeus. The Hulkster goes to come. But off you know the why? Ropes. I mean, we can we can yeah. talk about this later. The Hulkster goes to come off the ropes, but the Barbarian gets his knee up into Hogan's back. Zeus snaps Hulk's neck. Chokehold pushes the ref, goes back to the chokehold. Hebner's trying to get Zeus off after the five count. Zeus pushes Hebner back off, and Earl finally calls for the bell. Yeah, is this where Hebner like grabs Zeus's head after the choke, and he's like, yeah, he's like trying to get him off. He like legitimately grabs his face and is like pulling it off, and it looks really good. It looks really good on screen. So Zeus has been disqualified and eliminated. But before Zeus goes back to the locker room, he continues to choke Hogan. So the million-dollar team have to come in the ring and try and get him off, so they off. don't get DQ'd. Exactly. Also, this is the match where, like, I thought it might have been earlier, but this is the one where he actually shaved his head, so the Z is Z like is marked on, on yeah. is more noticeable. DiBiase continues the attack on Hogan, head slams in the turnbuckles, chops Irish whip to the corner, charges in, but Hulk gets a boot up. Roberts in with lefts and rights, Irish whip to the corner, a clothesline to send Million Dollar Man over the top rope, where the snake follows out and tosses DiBiase into the ring post. Posted. Demolition in with a clubbing forearm to the back of Million Dollar Man, smash slams DiBiase's head into a turnbuckle and axes boot. Is this the, uh, the, the boot axe handle match? Pretty much. The Hulkster with second rope double axe handle then combines with demolition for clubbing forearms across the back. Hogan tosses DiBiase to the corner, follows in with a back elbow. Axe tosses him to the ropes and hits a clothesline. Another toss to the ropes, but Million Dollar Man ducks a clothesline and comes back with a back elbow of his own. Powers of Pain begin working over Axe with forearms, headbutts to the small of the back. 
shoulder breaker, attempts a second rope elbow drop, but Axe moves, but Warlord's right in with an Irish whip, charges in, but Axe hits a back elbow and a clothesline. Axe is running the ropes, but Mr. Fuji trips him up from the outside. Warlord hits an elbow drop for the pin, and Axe is eliminated. Yeah, that happened. Smashes in with punches, slams Warlord's head on Hulk's boot. Hogan hits a clothesline, body slam. Roberts with more punches, working on Warlord's arm. Smash is tossed to the ropes, and Warlord drops to the mat, and Smash just stops and clubs the back of Warlord. Smash goes for a backbreaker, but the Warlord gets a thumb in the eye and makes a tag to Barbarian, who tosses Smash to the ropes, but ducks his head and receives a forearm across his back. Everybody's taking fucking, like, back shots. Where's the bump party? Like, the biggest bump is the turnbuckle gets bigger bumps, man. Barbarian goes for a kick, but Smash catches him, takes him off his feet, and delivers an elbow drop that misses. Million Dollar Man starts working over Smash with double axe handles, chops, falling fist, reverse chin lock, a scoop slam. DiBiase goes for a second rope, fall away back elbow, uh, but misses. I know. You know what I love? I love Million Dollar Man falling fists. I just love it. He gets tossed to the ropes by Smash and makes a blind tag to the Barbarian before being caught and hit with a rubber band flapjack. Oof. Barbarian comes off the top rope with a flying clothesline. For the pin, and Smash is eliminated. There went the axe. There went the the smash. (laughs) Roberts right in with punches, a knee, goes for the DDT, but Barbarian with the back body drop, but misses a jumping elbow drop. The snake goes for the DDT again, but is pushed into the million dollar team's corner. Powers of Pain toss Robert into the turnbuckle multiple times. Barbarian with a backbreaker. Roberts comes swinging out of the corner, but misses everything. Oh, I know. Sucks. Roberts is so good. Barbarian with a second rope hammer. DiBiase with knee drops. Hits a pile driver, but Jake gets his foot on the ropes. Barbarian with a snapmare goes to the top rope, but misses a falling headbutt. And the snake is crawling to his corner for the... Hot tag. Hulk with right hands to everyone. Head slams on Barbarian. Followed by a clothesline. Multiple elbow drops. A vertical suplex. Goes for a body slam. But the Warlord comes in and hits Hogan from behind. Hell yeah. Powers of Pain go for a double team clothesline. But Hogan ducks and delivers a double clothesline of his own. Hulk Hogan with a double clothesline on Powers of Pain. Come on. Powers of Pain are up. And they hit a spike pile driver on Hogan, and the ref DQs both members. What is that, Matt? That's called protecting the, uh, the champion. champion. I was going to call it bullshit, but um, what you said is more accurate. So Warlord and Barbarian are both eliminated. And we're not even Warlord and Barbarian stands. They can go away for all I care. It's one of those things, like, I still, I right behind me is my... 1990 fucking one like hulk wrestle buddy but and i love it with all my heart and it's one of my like favorite things that i own from my childhood but you know what i just fucking despise hulk hogan whole fucking kogan and like i know that that's what the wwf is what wwe is and it's never really weaved in and out from this format but it's never not been this format and this is what's really kind of like 
planted that in my mind. And I'm not saying that like that it's not good, a good format. I'm just saying that for what I get the most out of in wrestling, it's not always here. I agree. And it's weird to say because you can't undercut the importance. But you can get mad about it, <laughs> or, or or annoyed by it. Annoyed. Like I'm not mad. Yeah, I don't, it doesn't keep me up at night. I don't Annoyance care that much. Right but I'm word. just like, I'm just like, ah, because I see all this other talent and I see all these other things that could happen. But it's all hindsight. DiBiase with knees to the back of Hulk slaps on the million dollar dream, and the arm was about to go down a third time when Roberts jumps in the ring and, and makes the save really well. That's a really good segment. Million Dollar Man locks it on again, but Hogan escapes by ramming DiBiase into the turnbuckle multiple times. Million Dollar Man goes for a second rope double axe handle, but Hulk catches him with a punch to the gut no. and makes the hot, hot tag. tag. The Ugh. snake in with punches, Irish whip to the corner, back body drop, a rubber band slam, knees to the back, a short arm clothesline. Virgil jumps up on the apron. Oh, Virgil out of nowhere. Roberts grabs him and yanks him into the ring. Hits Virgil the- gets the DDT. Can't help it. This shit's hot. But DiBiase with a falling fist as the snake is on the mat makes the cover with leverage, leverage. for the pin. <sighs> and Jake the Snake is eliminated. What an amazing quick fucking... What an amazing 30 seconds, right? That It was a, probably the best part of this entire match. Yeah, yeah. Outside of like the DiBiase, like I love the how DiBiase does his like funk funk pile driver, the fallback pile driver. We always say pile driver, but like a pile driver is a bunch of different things. The falling pile driver is what DiBiase and Funk do. Yeah, yeah. And like, what was the one that was like? Maybe it was on the last show, or maybe it's on this uh, show. Rude, Rude hit a inverted pile oh, driver, yeah. which is basically like a tombstone pile driver. But it's reverse, where their face is out. Yeah, that shit blows my mind. It looks fucking horrendous. In so we good, have horrendous the, in a good way, yeah. not horrendous in a bad way. So we have the Hulkster versus the Million Dollar Man left, and DiBiase with which to the should back. be a fucking WrestleMania match. God damn it, right? It should be. DiBiase with knees to the back, elbows to the neck, clothesline, reverse chin lock. But Hogan begins to hulk up, escapes with elbows, a shoulder block, ducks a clothesline. Then both men hit a clothesline for a double KO. A double KO spot was fun, but I knew it was going to happen. The Hulkster tries for an atomic drop, but is blocked. And DiBiase reverses for a back suplex that Hogan no-sells. <sighs> Fuck you. Right hand. How can Hogan no-sell this late into a match where Big he boot. was getting no-sold by fucking Zeus, who got DQ? Leg drop. Yes, we know. God for damn the it. pin and, and the, the win. win. Uh, I'm sorry and for cutting you off, but I'm sure it sounds good. Hulk Hogan is the survivor. Soul survivor. Post-match, Hogan's taunting Million Dollar Man. And DiBiase looks to get back in the ring with a chair, but thinks better of it. And then we get Hulk posing. I am a real American. You're going to pose right now. Fight for the rights of every man. Sean Mooney's in the back with (laughs) Macho King and Zeus. I just got no sold, fam. And they're talking about No Holds Barred, the movie. And then a steel cage tag match between them and Hogan and Beefcake. That will be on after it on a pay-per-view. Later on in the year, and in two episodes for you good listeners. Yeah, yeah. And then we go to the locker room with Mean Gene, with Hogan and Beefcake, and there's more talk about this steel cage tag match. 
Hogan says, cut my legs off and call me Shorty, brother. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. I love when people say stupid He's shit. It's like, what? Okay. But yeah, well, what, what does he go on to say? Like, what's the point of that? Why does he say that? I have literally no clue. Okay. We then see Sherry coming in from behind as they're talking. And she, and she says, what are you going to do when it's no holds barred? And then she throws powder into their faces. Savage and Zeus run in, start choking away on them. Yeah, the locker room shot's good. And it's like the whole... And then the whole locker, locker room, room yeah. comes in to help pull like, them off. Like... The all the Bravo's there. Yeah. You see, you Terry see, Taylor, yeah. Rooster's there. You like, see Brett's pink, pink tights in the background behind all the powder. We then get the narration from Vince McMahon again with the match lineups for the rest of the show. Yeah, it's kind of our like intermission, intermission type thing. And we get Gorilla and Ventura talking, and Ventura mentions some dissension in the Heenan family, saying there's been some pushing and shoving in the Heenan locker room. Wonder what that's all about. We then get Sean Mooney with Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect, and the Rougeau brothers. And Rude tells us it's time to celebrate Turkey Day the, the ravishing way. way. It's so fun. Rick Rude's so great. And while Mr. Perfect is talking, I, most people are probably not going to notice this unless I mention it. Here. Yeah, probably not. I'm not. So while Mr. Perfect was talking and doing his promo, you see Genius, like mm-hmm. his head, like right here in the nook of his shoulder yeah yeah just like yeah yeah but he's looking at a completely different camera than what's being shown like just staring off doing his little smile that he does he has those crazy teeth where it's like are those are just did he just get like dentures when he was 15 i guess rojo's do a goofy hogan-esque promo talking about vitamins and going to bed early yeah it's not good and then rude shows us his tights. Dude, I want every single pair of rude tights tattooed on my fucking face. <laughs> Not on my face, but that, you know what I mean? That seems, like that that's seems that's extreme. But like you've seen like the like chalk line shorts? Yes. Like can we just have like a line of chalk line shorts that are just nothing but like rude like rude pants cuz they're so good. They're always so good and they're always so funny. I mean like the only really bad one he had was like the yellow pants with like the doo-doo hands. But, like, they've all been so good. I want you to tell everyone about these pants that he has on. It's got all the face... Okay, on the back, there is a tombstone. There's four tombstones. Oh, there's four tombstones? Yeah, with a picture of... Every face... From the opposing from team. From the opposing team. He turns around, and on the upper thigh of the front of his pants, with, like, majestic clouds surrounded and behind them, there is the face of himself and his other teammates. And it is gorgeous. And he says that it's the back is the team that will perish, and the yeah. front is the team that will prevail. It's, it's just like Rick Rude is so fun. He's got such a good look, good gimmick, not terrible in the ring. Mean Jeans then outside the locker room where Roddy Piper, the Bushwhackers, and Jimmy Snuka join him. Piper has to take a turkey out of the Bushwhackers. They have like one in their like hat. yeah, it's like they're like stuck in there like gear i guess one the trunks well the trunks there's one in like the shoulder i think like one's chewing on them i don't know but they're just like stuck in them and they're just like carcasses of a turkey yeah and they and piper says we're wild we're bold and we don't do what we're told yeah it's because they're the uh what is it roddy's rowdies roddy's rowdies it's very hard to say roddy's rowdies they're very rowdy and uh it's pretty fun and you can tell i mean i took from it that 
Piper was having a very good time here. Piper was having a very good and time. And it's like, oh, it's just so good to see him have a good time. I mean, this is going to be his first match. Back. Back in the ring since WrestleMania 4? Is this pre-Hell um, Comes Three? to Frogtown? Which I think we should cover at some point. I have no clue. I mean, he stopped and did They Live, which we all know. Yeah, he went and did some movies. You've seen They was... Live, right? Yeah. Oh, really? I'm a big Carpenter fan. So we're off to our fourth match. The Rude Brood of Mr. Perfect, the fabulous Rougeos of Jacques and Raymond, and Ravishing Rick Rude with the genius and Jimmy Hart in their corner. I almost thought the genius might actually wrestle. Versus Rowdy's Rowdy's. Did I say that wrong? No, Rowdy's Rowdy's. Versus Roddy's Roddy's, Rowdy's. Yeah, it's hard to say. Of Jimmy Superfly Snooka, the Bushwhackers of Luke Luke and Bush, and Roddy Roddy Piper. Piper. So the story behind this match was Rude and Piper were feuding after Roddy cost the Ravishing One the IC title. And the Bushwhackers and Rougeaus were locked in a intense intense rivalry. Basically, that's code for their comedy teams doing comedy matches. Yeah, definitely. So Rude comes out, and but there's no Bobby Heenan. Is no this no, part no. of the dissension that Jesse was talking about? No, no BH. He uh, he's a BM at this point. So the match starts perfect with a slam, misses an elbow drop on Luke. Butch comes in, biting Perfect's leg, and then the rest of the Rowdies join in to bite. biting him. I thought that was fun. That was a fun spot. Everybody comes in and they they all like quick tag to bite. It's pretty funny. Jacques is tagged in, keeps getting the ref to back up Snooka, and he so he can flip into the ring. And then he's like, I'm gonna do a kip up just to show you guys I can. This match is kind of fun. I think that the that like we talked a little bit I'm gonna go ahead and say it. this is the most fun match. Yeah. It's also the dumbest match. But but it's the funnest match. But the the like the Rajos are so goofy here. They're oh, so yeah, goofy. and totally. I feel I feel like maybe they just like fuck it, we'll be goofy because we can't fight the killer bees anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like no one's taking it seriously. We've been heels for so long, and they can do comedy, and it's it, kind of impressive. We're in a program with the Bushwhackers for the last year. Yeah, no shit. We're gonna do the whatever. It's the kind fuck of we impressive do. how like we all know they're great wrestlers, right? You'd agree that the Rejoes yeah. are great wrestlers. You would also agree that the Bushwhackers are not great wrestlers. Correct. You would say that the Bushwhackers are. Much under demolition. Yes. You would say they're much under powers of pain. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. They are kind of... They are even less than Duggan. They're whatever. My point is... When I think of the, the Bushwhackers... When I think of the Bushwhackers, all I think about is their their little march that they do. Yeah, which I don't think right about now. their wrestling at all. No, no. But when you think about the Rougeaus, you think about their wrestling first, and then you think about how they weren't used, and they weren't very good heels, but here they're good at comedy. And that's what I'm getting at. I don't know if they're great at comedy. I think they're good. I think they're very good at being comedic heels. Well, good, because that's what they're having to be. That's definitely what they have to be. It's unfortunate that they have to be that. Superfly reverses an Irish whip, ducks his head, allowing Jacques to flip over him. But Snooka hits a flying headbutt as Rajo gloats. Jacques is tossed to the ropes. Snooka with multiple leapfrogs, delivers a big chop, a backbreaker, a running knee drop, body slam, and goes to the top rope for the Superfly Smash for the pin. Dude, all the cameras going off when he jumps off that turnbuckle 
made it feel like fucking Rudy or some shit. It was fucking gorgeous. I could not believe that, like, just the cameras going off when he jumped off just brought me back to being a small child at, like, sporting events and stuff. And it's like, oh, that's just not how that looks now. And, like, it really seriously felt big. Even though it was the beginning of the match, it still felt big. And Jacques Rougeau is eliminated. Root is in, laying in right hands, toss a snooker to the rope. Leapfrogs does his gyration before Superfly hits a jumping headbutt. Perfect's running the ropes, Snooka with a leapfrog, but Rude is holding the ropes as he is trying to still get to his feet from the headbutt, and Perfect tumbles to the floor. Perfect jumps back up on the apron, starts arguing with Rude, and Superfly hits him with a double noggin knocker. Bum, bum, bum. Piper with a high knee, head slam into the turnbuckle, big right hand, Luke with a jumping elbow knee drop, Luke with a jumping elbow drop, the Rowdies tagging in and out, double-teaming Perfect. Butch tosses Perfect, ducks his head, allowing himself to be kicked in the head, but Piper's in with an atomic drop that sends Perfect to his corner. Raymond and Piper going toe-to-toe with right hands. Roddy looks for a pile driver, but Rougeau hits a back body drop, but Piper holds on to make it a sunset flip for a two-count. See, that's the way they they do some comedy selling there. It's fun, Matt. It's Ray okay Ma- to have fun in a bad show. Raymond with more punches. Irish whip to the turnbuckle. A savat kick. Tosses Piper to the ropes. Ducks his head, allowing Roddy to lifting for a pile driver and the pin. And Raymond Rougeau is eliminated. Perfect's in with right hands, but Piper rolls him up with a small package for a near fall. Perfect comes back with a snapmare, a neck snap. Twists the head of Piper between his legs. It's pretty gnarly. It is like a straight up like Mel Gibson in, in Ransom or Payback, like neck break. Yeah. Piper then with a catapult on Perfect. The Bushwhackers are working on Perfect with kicks, throat chops, forearms across the back. Piper's in with a flurry of punches, stops to taunt Rude, and then hits a big haymaker to knock Perfect down, sending him 360 degrees. Butch tosses Perfect to the turnbuckle, starts biting him again, it goes to gloat, but Perfect comes from behind for a schoolboy roll-up for the pin. And Bushwhacker Butch is eliminated. Piper comes right in, tries the schoolboy roll-up on Perfect, but only gets a two-count. Snook is off the second rope with double chops. Luke with a headbutt to the abdominal area of Perfect. Rude comes in off the top rope, but Luke catches him in mid-air, oh. followed by a face plant, and starts biting his face. It's so good. It's so funny. Tossing the Ravishing One to the ropes, where Rick leapfrogs, stops, delivers a kick, and a rude awakening for the pin. And Bushwhacker Luke is eliminated. You know what's really funny is, like, you just caught yourself in saying off the top rope, because, like, everything from, like, this show is all from the second rope. <laughs> it's like all second rope shit and like even the like WCW NWA show it's like all like second rope shit gotta do that second rope man it's, it's top funny, rope's it's, too dangerous it's, it's funny now that like these guys don't do like nowadays it's all top rope no one's doing second rope shit nobody would even care about it but here it's still still hot shit Snooka comes in but runs right into trouble from the brood double teams chokes drop kicks double fists Chops, the boot laces to the eyes. The boot laces. Jesse lets us know about that. Superfly begins to fire up with chops, headbutts, a flying headbutt to knock Perfect down. 
I love Superfly's like he'll do like the backhand, but he'll like really express. He like they always talk about like a karate kick, but like Snooko really does like some weird karate kick shit and like you know Bruce Lee esque vibes, even though he is not the karate guy he's like you know the jungle guy he's basically tarzan like that's what they're selling him as double chops to the shoulder tosses perfect to the ropes but they hit heads for a double ko both men crawling to make tag and it's piper versus rude both men exchanging right hands piper with a back body drop runs over to knock perfect off the apron tackles rude and they both fall through the ropes to the floor they're brawling down the entryway, and the ref calls for the bell no. as they've both been counted out. I know. I was not expecting that, but it makes sense. Less sense for Rude, more sense for Piper. I mean, they're feuding. I get it. Yeah, yeah. But you robbed us of But you you get, you get to push your Snook, baby. So Snook in versus Perfect in the ring. Perfect with multiple head slams into turnbuckles, a hip toss, an arm drag, and a drop kick to send Superfly to the floor. Perfect with a vertical suplex to bring Snooka back into the ring, but Superfly starts to fire back with chops, a shoulder block, and Perfect tries for the schoolboy roll-up once again, but only a two-count, which Snooka counters with a roll-up of his own for a near fall. Snooka looks real good in this match. Chops, headbutts, an Irish whip to the turnbuckle, followed by a running chop by Superfly. Another Irish whip that is reversed by Perfect. Snooka jumps to the second rope and comes off with a flying crossbody, but Perfect uses the momentum to carry it over for the pin, and no! no! And like, that was, that should, that's such a good moment. Superfly tosses Perfect to the ropes, ducks his head, allowing Perfect to hit the Perfect Plex for the pin, and, and no win. win. And Mr. Perfect is the survivor. But you kind of thought for a second that maybe Snooka could get it. It wouldn't have been per- the perfect ending to the match. No, no, it would not, Matthew. You big, big son of a bitch. You. <laughs> Post-match, the genius jumps in the ring to celebrate when Snooka comes from behind to hit a double noggin knocker, tosses the genius to the ropes, and hits a big chop. He goes to the top rope, but Perfect pulls the genius out of the ring in time. So we don't get a super fly splash. Yeah, because could the genius take it? The real question is, who cares? Sean Mooney's in in the back with the rude brood, and he asks Rick Rude, where's Bobby Heenan? And Rude tells him that it's none of his business. I mean, you know, fair enough. I mean, that's how you feel, Rick. Mean Gene's then with the Rockers, Jim Neidhart and the Ultimate Warrior, and Neidhart tells us, I hope we don't ruin your Thanksgiving dinner, Haku. <laughs> Dude, that laugh is horrendous. It is very bad. I hope we don't eat too much. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking bad. Yeah, the laugh is uh, not, like, not Jim good. Nide- Jim Neidhart did not nail his like solo project here. Janetti tells us that there's going to be a whole lot of rocking and rolling, strutting and strolling, and the rockers taking care of business. Michaels tells us they're going to be coming in with both guns loaded. Yeah, totally. And then Warrior. What does Warrior say, Matthew? I'm so excited. Taking steps in parts unknown. Each one has an organ donor card. And if he shall fall, he leaves all that he has with the other that stand before him. You, the Heenan family, have not united. 
I have bonded these men in their darkness and their deepness with the pain, and I shall deliver. I bring you the power of the ultimate warriors. There's something so bizarrely beautiful about Ultimate Warrior promos where, like, he almost is on the cusp of, like, sentences or concepts that could potentially bring men to tears. But then he turns them into fucking, like, gibberish. Beef jerky. It's like, oh, cool. Like, you turned it into a cheeseburger. Thanks, dude. But he, like, gets the intensity and, like, he gets to the cusp of second like moments. He has a steak. He yes. has a perfect ribeye steak. Yeah. And then he's like, but I want a cheeseburger. Yeah. So he grinds, grinds that ribeye yes, so into a cheeseburger. He really does. Yes. Which makes that cheeseburger delicious. It's a good cheeseburger. But it's not a fucking ribeye but steak. But it's not. But it's not that. That's very good. That's a very good way to put it. It's very bizarre. Because, like, he'll when you read the transcripts of things he says, they almost sound like intelligent thoughts about state of the human condition and then they turn into ground beef and it's fucking it's really bizarre so we're headed off to our fifth match the heenan family of andre the giant haku arn anderson and bobby the brain heenan oh i know why is bobby here versus the ultimate warriors of jim the anvil nightheart the rockers of Shawn michaels and marty Jannetty, and the ultimate, ultimate warrior so the story behind this match was that Heenan was mad at Warrior for stealing the IC title back, so he kept throwing his guys at the Warrior, trying to take them down. And the Brainbusters had lost their tag belts and began to break away from Heenan. They just got them. When did they break away? Where's Tully? I'll tell you later. I'm so sad. I love the Brainbusters. I do too. Matt, I'm sad. They're done. I'm sad. I know they're done. I can feel it. So as soon as the Rockers get in the ring, they dropkick Arn and Haku. Nightheart's attacking Heenan. Andre comes over, gives a double noggin knocker to the Rockers. Nightheart comes from behind, hitting a high knee on Andre, who begins choking the anvil. Warrior finally comes running down to the ring. Yes, he does. Hits multiple clotheslines on the Giant to send him to the floor, and Andre is counted out. And eliminated. If Ultimate Warrior was a Pokemon, would his strongest move be run? Yes. Heard, thank you. Continue. Haku and Anderson are brought into the ring by Warrior with slingshots. Tosses Arn to the team's corner where they ping-pong punch him. Nightheart with a back elbow. Irish whip to the corner. Charges in with a shoulder block on double A. Andre's finally gotten up from the floor and is making his way out. But the Warrior and the Rockers all kick him as he's passing by towards the entryway. Haku with a headbutt and the Heenan family takes over the attack on the anvil. Nightheart's tossed to the ropes, knocks Anderson out of the ring, but Haku delivers a kick to the back of the head for the pin. And Jim, the anvil Nightheart, is eliminated. Jim went out like that? So, Andre got already got DQ'd? He was counted out. Okay. 27 seconds into the match. Oh, because he did that 360 over the top, which I felt so bad to see. It was hard to watch. Andre is just hard to watch at this point. Well, I mean, it's just hard to watch him fall like that because he's so big. Damn. And it happened so early that I didn't even fucking catch it. Reading notes along with you. 
Haku's running the rope. Sean with the leapfrog looks to hit a monkey flip, but Haku stops, attempts a falling headbutt, but Michaels moves. The Rockers with quick tags, double axe handles, wrist locks, double chops, attempts a double clothesline that Haku ducks, comes back with the clothesline on Michaels, but Marty ducks it, who then comes back with a crossbody that Haku catches him, but Sean then hits a drop kick to knock Janetti on top for a near fall. Double A's running the ropes, knocks down a ducking Marty, attempts a suplex that's blocked, which brings in Haku, and they attempt a double-team suplex, but Sean catches Janetti, and the Rockers then hit stereo super kicks on Arn and Haku. So good. Marty with a flying forearm on Haku, Warrior with chops, a back body drop, but misses an elbow drop. Janetti reverses an Irish whip, charges in, but Haku moves from the corner. Heenan's tagged in, gets a kick in, and immediately tagged oh, right back in. I love up. it so much. Heenan is very funny. Heenan's wearing like the Andre style uh, like one strap. Yes. Marty's running the ropes when Double A gets a knee up from the apron, and Haku with a savat kick for a two count. Tags Heenan in with kicks, a knee drop, and makes the pin. And Marty Janetti is eliminated. Boo. <sighs> Warrior reverses an iron Irish whip, locks on a bear hug. But Anderson escapes with an eye rake, and Haku comes running in and is put right into the bear hug as well, before Warrior hits an inverted atomic drop. Sean with a drop kick, but after an eye rake, Haku tosses Michaels to the floor. Once they're back in the ring, the Heenan family starts working over Sean with kicks, chokes. Arn tosses Michaels to the turnbuckle, who flips over a charging Anderson, takes double A down, and wipes the mat with his face. Dude, I love that spot. Well, he does, he do the, is this where he does like the grab the ropes and like lift my body? Yeah, lips up, leaps up as yeah, yeah. Anderson charges in. Because there's a, he does kind of a, maybe it's the show where he does kind of a flare flip, but it's like a flare flip. He even does the flare flip. Oh, fuck me. It's an, it's amazing. But yeah, he does this here, but he just rubs his face. It's, you know, the, we always say the cheese ca- grater spot on the cage. cage yeah, but it's cheese grater spot on the mat. mat. And it is bananas. And it's on Arn Anderson, yeah. a, t- a tough, tough man. Double team fist from the Warriors tosses Arn to the corner, body slam, a rocket launcher of Michaels onto Anderson. Ugh, crazy. Haku's tossed to the turnbuckle, leaps up and off the second rope for a flying crossbody. But Sean Ducks goes to the top rope and comes off with a crossbody of his own for the pin. And Haku is eliminated. Man. Michaels is tossed to the floor. Heenan looks to come off the top rope, but thinks better of it. Oh, this is his first tease? It was his first tease. Sean with a shoulder block to Arn from the apron, followed by a sunset flip. Double A tries to make a tag, but is pulled over before he can for a near fall. Anderson's up, and he starts yelling at the brain about not tagging. Heenan finally reluctantly tags him, but as soon as Michaels has the upper hand, he runs back to tag Arn in, giving Anderson, like, literally five well, yeah. seconds Like, Anderson's just been, time. like, taking all the heat. Taking all the hits. Sean's running the ropes when he and Double A bump heads for a double KO. Anderson and Michaels trading blows on their knees. Irish whip of Sean to the corner, who leaps up and over a charging Arn. Follows with a roundhouse right and tosses double A to the opposite corner. Attempts a monkey flip, but Anderson blocks and attempts an inverted atomic drop that is blocked. And then Michaels is running the ropes and gets caught with a spine buster. 
It's for just so... the pin. It's just too exciting. You can feel that spine buster to this day. And Shawn Michaels is eliminated. That spine buster. You can feel it through the television. You can. It's amazing. It's the best. Arrive, spine buster, leave. <laughs> oh, arrive, spine buster, leave? Yep. I like that too. Warrior with multiple shoulder blocks running the ropes when Arn tosses him through the ropes to the floor. He again goes to the top rope, but the ref starts giving him a five count for some reason. So the brain. I didn't even gets catch that. I just thought it was like Heenan being like, oh, well, that's not a good idea. The brain with kicks and punches until the Warriors no selling them. Double A gets caught with a choke, but escapes with a headbutt to the gut. Headbutt to the gut. Anderson with head slams, forearms across the back. Heenan with chokes, reversed Irish whip sends Arn into the brain, who falls to the floor while Double A is dazed in the ring. Warrior with the gorilla press slam drops him to the mat and hits the warrior splash for the, the pin. pin. And Arn Anderson is eliminated. Oh, that warrior splash doesn't look that great. I'm just saying. So we have the Ultimate Warrior versus Bobby Heenan. <laughs> Can you say that one more time? The Ultimate Warrior versus Bobby Heenan. Thank you, continue. Warrior sneaking around the outside. The brain is yelling at Anderson, thinking that he's walking out on him. Playing back to the Brain Busters, trying yeah. to break away. So he didn't see the pin? He didn't see the pin because he was on the floor. Oh, yeah, yeah. He finally sees Warrior behind him, and he tries to leave the ring, but the Warrior grabs him and starts tossing him to multiple turnbuckles until Heenan does a flare flip and goes to the floor. Dude, those, that Heenan bump, insane. Yeah. Because he looks like shit. And I know he's probably only like 40. But, like, I can't take that, and I am not 40. The brain's headed back to the locker room, but the warrior follows and drags him back into the ring. Uh, we get another one. <laughs> he gets another pump. And then warrior with the running clothesline and the warrior splash for the pin and the win. And ultimate warrior is our survivor. So survivor. But, like, it's so weird that Heenan takes the pin. So post-match, warrior, warrior's running up the entryway while... And, mm-hmm. And Heenan's still walking up the end. Yeah. So he ends up hitting another the running clothesline. clothesline to the back of the head. To the back in the entryway. Totally not not face shit. So here's the thing. I'm listening. Bobby, Bobby Heenan, Heenan was a Can't lead. do math anymore because he got a clothesline to the back of the head. Well, that too. But he was it was a last minute change to the match. Uh-huh. When Vince if you if you were paying attention to the lineup announcement that Vince did with yeah, his narration, I did. Tully Blanchard was supposed to be in this match. I asked about it earlier. I wrote it down earlier. It didn't happen. So he was fired from the WWF the day of the show. For what? He failed a drug test for having cocaine in his system. Oh my God! But Jake was on the show. Oh my god, but Hulk was on the show. What did he do to make that happen? It's called... We don't want you here. Get out. Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard's contracts were coming up, and they were leaving to go back to WCW. Yeah. So they had a surprise drug test. But, like, that's such bullshit. All those guys were on drugs. Exactly. Oh, that's crazy. But Tully is so good. I love Tully. I love Brain Busters. But because of the drug test, WCW rescinded their offer to Tully. Don't make me cry. 
But small glimmer of hope, mm-hmm. Arn Anderson will be back very soon. Yeah, yeah. But in WCW, Blanchard, man, I love Tully Blanchard. And it's the last time we'll see. This is basically Tully's last good run. Like he shows up every once in a while at stuff, but he's never. Yeah, really... it's like the way that a lot of people think of Arn Anderson is the way that I'm thinking of Tully Blanchard right now. Where I'm like, oh, he doesn't. It's a bummer. For as good as Tully Blanchard, the way that he goes out yeah. of wrestling is it's very, I mean, very sad. I mean, at least he went out on like the ass end of a good run. My joke was bad. Yeah, I know you're yeah, on a high. Well like fucking Warrior was fucking corked out of his mind. You know Hogan was, you know all those guys were. Oh, you know all of them were. And it's like fucking you can't it's my whole issue is I have no problem with like somebody being like, Hey, this guy is not capable. He's not capable, and we don't think it's safe for him to do something. But if other people are also doing the same thing, then that's bullshit. You should only hang for the thing you did. But if other people are not hanging for doing the same thing, then nobody should hang. And I think that that sucks. And it sucks when you make scapegoats, and it's fucking unprofessional. And, like, you know, doing drugs in a professional setting is also unprofessional. But if everybody's doing drugs and you're getting called out for it, that's fucking gross and not cool. And it upsets me, and that's just, you know, a stance outside of wrestling in general, just a a general stance. But that makes me sad for Tully Blanchard because this is, like, you know, pre-steroids bullshit. We know Brother Love is, uh, you know, smoking jays and blowing it up. So Grill and Jesse say their goodbyes, and we get a video package of highlights from the evening. So Michael Temple, what is your overall thoughts of Survivor Series 1989? Uh, it was more fun to talk with you about it than it was to watch. I agree. It was... I mean, the, technically, the matches themselves aren't bad. Okay, let me give, it, let me give, me, give you my, my big ups. My big ups go to the fact that every match is four versus four. Better than five versus five or ten versus ten? Yes, easily. Okay. Easily. It's easily better than like four tag teams versus four tag teams and you've got all these guys on the thing. It's better than that. A plus. An A plus for, you know, trimming the fucking leaves. Fat. Yeah. For, yeah, for like pulling the weeds, you pulled the weeds... But it was more fun to talk about than it was so, to watch. Like I was saying, the matches themselves, they're not bad matches. No. There's nothing really there. There's not there's nothing great, there's nothing bad. But there were certain choices made on this show that make the show just like I I would never recommend someone watching this show. No. Never no, ever. No, 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 not at all. This is like maybe one of the least consequential shows we've watched. I mean, and like, I wouldn't be surprised if my most disappointing segment of Smarking It Up is like the longest, most disappointing segment we've ever had. Because there's a lot disappointing about this show. I don't even, like, for me, it's one of those things where it's just like, move on. Like, I don't even have the mental capacity to think about disappointment. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? There. All right. Fuck you. And I think it's time we smark it up. So so let's start let's start positively. Mm-hmm. Let, let's let's do a little positivity sandwich here. 
best moments of the night? The Spine Buster. Spine Buster was great. I, I love my Dusty moments. I think Rick Rude is really fun. Mr. Perfect uh, and Snooka. The last five minutes of that match uh, are great. Snooka was really fun. But everybody just has moments. Like, everybody kind of gets their moment. Some are bigger than others, but, like, I don't know if there's any, like, actual, like, point my finger on this moment. Would you love to see, like, what if... This is kind of weird. I'm going I'm to give Warrior promos a best moment. But they were great. Because they're at least fun. They were very fun. Like, I told you, I was like, yo, they kind of almost make you think stuff. But then you realize that they don't mean anything. What if it was Muda and not Zeus? What if it was Muda Hogan and not Zeus in No Holds Barred? And you actually had a movie that was watchable, but you also have him fighting a guy that can't work. I think that would just make me mad. Because you have to waste a Muda? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Zeus being like... But like Hogan probably at one point could work. He just doesn't. Yeah, he just doesn't. Anything surprising in this show? Unfortunately, no. That there was teams of four instead of five? Yeah, that's not surprising. That's, that's, not just, surprising. that's just better. Yeah. I would say that the most surprising thing that was was that Roddy was back and having fun. As opposed to like not having that. fun. I would that. assume he would be back and like kind of angry about it. But he was back and like having a good time about it. And it was really fun to see him like... So excited to interact. Earthquake showing up. That's a surprise. I was I, yeah. I was never sure exactly yeah. when he got, got started. And the huge surprise for me was you telling me that Earthquake did a run in sumo. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. That's cool. That was cool. It was really cool. How about best performer of the night? <sighs> Fucking it's Mr. Perfect, right? Well, I mean, I would say roll the dice, but yeah, we couldn't like there's like five guys that it could be, and it might as well be Mr. Perfect. So we've come to most disappointing. Do you have anything to get off your chest? Or would you like me to take the floor? If I could just <laughs> axe handle a real American into a grave. You would? I would. I mean, it, that match is... Really frustrating. Really frustrating. Because here's the thing. We've seen so much of this. How did... How did Zeus, Barbarian, and Warlord get eliminated? All by disqualification. The faces couldn't even make a pin on them. No. Hogan, since we have started, do you know how many times he has taken a loss? Uh, zero. If you include him not winning the Royal Rumble... That's not a pin. He's not a pin. And he didn't win WrestleMania for the tournament because of a... Double count out with Andre. That's not a pin. That's the only time he has not won. He is in a the Korea. I would he's say, in a Survivor Series uh-huh. match where he doesn't need to win. He doesn't. No. If if he even even if they want to do a count out loss, like let him lose to a count out and yeah. have him go to the back and let the final two be Roberts and DiBiase. Oh, that'd be great. I'm Good fine all. with that. Oh, yeah, I'd love to see. Fine that. with that. But once they got to him and DiBiase, let DiBiase get the rub. It builds DiBiase up. DiBiase needs a, the rub because you've been you gave him a fucking great you gave him a great start and you didn't you didn't ever let him do anything. He hasn't done anything 
since WrestleMania 4. But he still has fucking the it's best... It's now a pro- year and a half later. Some of the best promos the company exactly. has ever produced. It, it's just come to this point with Hogan that he... They just won't do anything. No. With him. And mm-hmm. it's just like, just go in there and do your four moves and we'll protect you. It's and... like uh, it's like a like Schmeagle Lord of the Rings thing. Where like Vince is Schmeagle and Hulk is the fucking is the precious, the ring. Where he's like, Oh, like maybe if I let go I could make more but also if I let go I could make less. But I like am kind of comfortable where I am here, and he just continues to stay comfortable. I mean, there's some other stuff on this show. Like, I would have changed a couple people around. Like, why is Brutus in a, on a team with Dusty? Why isn't he on the team with Hogan? Hogan and Brutus are in a tag match. Yeah, well, in they're... the next pay per view together, and Brutus was on a team with Hogan at the previous pay-per-view but all of a sudden he's now on a completely different team why isn't he with hogan i'm not really gonna argue that he's like oh well we'll see if brutus can like get a pop because literally if you put if you put stage hogan brutus and not the brain busters uh some other tag team okay versus macho zeus dibiase so you include roberts yeah yeah and you include what, you do like a Greg Dino thing? You know, Hart and Dino, sure, why not? Yeah. Who cares at that point? But at that point, you can't do a tag. So you don't have a tag team on either team. Well, that's kind of smart, because you can do two tag teams. But two Macho teams. and Zeus and DiBiase all have like this kind of like triangle of heeldom with mm-hmm. Zeus yeah. against Hogan and Roberts and Beefcake yeah. triangle of faced them, yeah. it makes more sense for them to all be in the same match. And they break them all apart in three different matches. And I'm it not, makes no sense. I'm not mad for them all trying something. I'm just so tired of the fucking Hogan shit. That's all. I'm just saying that... No, I like, understand, the, I understand there's, where there's, you're coming from. There's and things I, that they could have done completely yeah, different yeah. that would have made more sense... I can't say if it would have made the show more yeah, enjoyable yeah, because it's a Survivor Series. Yeah. It's all hindsight. We've all agreed that Survivor Series is our least favorite pay-per-view because these matches, they're just... Well, here's the other thing. So most times Survivor Series continues storylines. Mm-hmm. But literally a lot of these stories are... Continued. Are, are, no, they don't continue. Like You would expect Piper and Rude to continue, correct? Well, I mean, that's the whole point. That's the last time that they're in a match together. The blow-off to their feud is a double count-out in a Survivor Series match. That's not a blow-off. Exactly. Like, what's, I mean, what that the is point? a blow-off to a feud. What was the point? having a feud. Ultimate Warrior and Andre, technically, were in a feud. Mm, yeah, but Andre's... I mean, fight. Andre, I get why they, yeah. why they made this the blow-off. But still, it's like, what's the, what's the point there? It's little things like that. Yeah. Like, literally, I think the only two feuds that go forward from this show is Hogan and Zeus, mm-hmm. which ends, of, ends at the next pay-per-view, which is the No Holds Barred yeah. movie pay-per-view. Hashtag Cuz Movie. And of all, the, of all the stories, Garvin and Valentine. Oh, yeesh. That's the only ones. The, the, yeah, the, the, 
the least two sold action figures. Exactly. So <laughs> it's, it's like, just like, oh, shit. what was Survivor Series for? If you're not going to build any storylines or have anything coming out of it, what was the point of it? I mean, maybe no- they had more, but it changes a lot. I try to give them benefit of the doubt, but when it comes down to it, I cannot suggest this show, Matthew. No, I can't. And obviously you cannot as well. You're a little bit more upset about it than I am. This show is a tick better than Bunkhouse Stampede. It's my second least favorite show. Oh, damn. That we've covered. Oh, damn. I think Bunkhouse has a little bit of grit and, like, we don't know what's actually happening that kind of gives it a bit of charm over this. The best match on that show was a Larry Zabisco match. That tells you how bad that show was. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, production-wise, I have a little bit of a charm for it. Whereas this one, it's like they know what they're doing and they just fucked it up. And that's what's kind of charming. It just kind of feeds into, like, my love of people not knowing what they're doing and trying. Whereas, like, this is, like, people that know what they can do and pulling off a bad job with a lot of money. I'd rather see somebody do a job with a lot of heart with no money than somebody with a lot of money do a job with no with no heart. This was a we have we just have to we have just ha- we just have to make it happen is kind of the feeling of the show. But what it comes down to is I am not a real American. I mean it's all heels forever in this WWF world. But I need Iron Cheek to come in with like some like Kinchin Liger spike and like almost stab Hulk Hogan. Well, that's not happening. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying. I'm just so tired. I know you're tired too. And now for a look back even farther into the history of wrestling. The Dusty Finish. Dick Hutton had defeated Luthez in the World Championship was a disputed title. But the NWA kept rolling. In St. Louis, Missouri on January 9th, 1959, Pat O'Connor would become the sixth NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Pat O'Connor, born in New Zealand in 1924, was a sheep herder growing up until he joined the New Zealand Royal Air Force. Before entering the world of professional wrestling, he was an amateur wrestler winning the New Zealand Heavyweight Championship in 1949 and 1950. By 1955, O'Connor was working in Toronto and made it all the way to the top of the tower, winning the British Empire Heavyweight Championship. After winning the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, he was also recognized as the AWA World Champion. But he never defended the title and was stripped of it. Pat O'Connor would be inducted into the professional wrestling, NWA, Wrestling Observer Newsletter, and WWE Hall of Fames for his accomplishments. He would hold the NWA title for two and a half years until a nature boy came calling. Yeah, I don't know shit about Pat Connor. That sounds very interesting. New Zealand in the early 50s? And then, like, titles, like, it didn't sound like he won them. Yeah, he had all those titles. But like, well, maybe uh, not the AWA one, but yeah, where it was like, it was, it was a, like he won a title and then was recognized. He was as, recognized as the AWA champion because that territory was breaking off. Yeah, the AWA. Yeah, basically, but, yeah. It, it was. I don't know anything about. They Pat basically O'Connor. said NWA call our bluff, and yeah, he didn't show up to defend his title. It's so. just one of those things. Like most of those names, I recognize Pat O'Connor. I'm not familiar with. Next week. 
Starcade 1989. Future Shock. I'm kind of excited for this one. Why shouldn't I be? You should be. Ric Flair for fucking 1989. You're going to get... 1989 Ric Flair. You're going to get a Ric Flair versus Sting. A Ric Flair versus Luger. Fuck me. A Ric Flair versus Muda. Are you fucking... Is that a joke? A Luger versus Sting. A Luger versus Muda. So it's like a three by three? It's it's like a mini round robin tournament. And that's just the singles. Jesus You also are going to get some tag team action in round robin action as well. All I know is... There's no way we're going to see another full year like this in a while, right? I doubt it. Like, maybe, like, until we get, like, Brett and Sean? Maybe? Possibly. I don't know. But, like, holy crap. Rick fucking Flair. Jesus Christ, your 1989 is incredible. The music from this week's show is the theme from the Survivor Series. And we have a new theme to play this week. Because Ultimate Warrior was our champion oh, yeah. in the final match. I don't even know what his theme sounds like because my brain is just full of real Americans. And that song is called Unstable and it was written by Jim Johnston, the WWF music guy. Yeah, Unstable is a pretty good name for that. If you like the show, you can always rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. You can always email us at WrestlingHistoryX at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or just want to talk to us about anything and everything. You can also find us on Twitter at WrestlingHistoryX. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>